0: G'day and welcome to CyroPod. I'm Glenn Paul. Understanding the implications of climate change on species, ecosystems and landscapes is vital in helping biodiversity managers develop strategies that can be implemented over time to deal with the magnitude of the changes that are anticipated and address risks and uncertainties. As this works at national through to local levels, objectives are going to differ widely. Some may incorporate large amounts of change into their strategies, while others less. Some might have additional plans for alternative or uncertain futures. In an effort to help governments and natural resource management groups better define their conservation objectives, CSIRO recently conducted the Climate Ready Conservation Objectives Project by reviewing international conservation conventions, national conservation strategies and state conservation strategies. Joining me on the line to discuss this is CSRO's Dr Mike Dunlop. Now Mike, this sounds like a massive job and I really don't know where you'd begin. What was your strategy for looking at their strategies?
1: Uh, well, I guess the real beginning was about 10 years ago when I took an interest in this area and have watched a number of conservation plans being developed at the national and state levels across the country and I've been looking to see how they've dealt with climate change over those years and while they would Tried to incorporate climate change, none of these strategies have actually asked the question of does climate change affect what we are trying to achieve, the actual fundamentally what it means to conserve biodiversity. And so we set out then to formally investigate this across those plans.
0: And where did you go from there?
1: So the first step was to do a bit of theory, if you like, to develop some criteria which we thought were a good way of measuring success, measuring how you might say that a strategy would be able to successfully accommodate climate change in the future. And then we just applied those criteria to a range of documents and then also, in greater detail, we did some case studies with four different agencies where we worked through the criteria and their stated objectives.
0: And were some doing more than others in preparation?
1: Yeah. Look, everyone's- trying to respond to climate change and there was considerable amount of variation in how successful that's likely to be. We didn't really set out to rate individual strategies or agencies. We wanted to learn about conservation decision making as a whole in Australia. And so we used these as as samples as a whole rather than to test individual agencies or strategies.
0: And were there any elements within those samples where you felt perhaps they weren't taking climate change seriously enough?
1: Well, the three criteria that we had focused on accommodating a large amount of ecological change rather than trying to keep things the same. The second one focused on accommodating a large amount of uncertainty in the detail of future ecological change rather than just managing for a known outcome And the third one focused on managing to maintain a a wide diversity of values associated with biodiversity as opposed to values, for example, just associated with particular species. And all of the strategies and plans we looked at, to some extent, dealt with each one of these criteria, but they didn't really do it to the magnitude that would be necessary to accommodate climate change. So in that sense there was some indication that there's capacity to address some of these issues but almost all the strategies were well embedded in what we call the static paradigm which doesn't accommodate a large amount of change, doesn't accommodate a large amount of uncertainty and they tend to focus on a narrow set of values from biodiversity.
0: Okay, so what about differing values within objectives such as species versus ecosystems versus landscape?
1: All the documents... Talk about valuing species and managing ecosystems and landscapes, but often where there was talk of managing ecosystems and landscapes, it was for the sake of the species that live in those ecosystems and landscapes rather than aspects of ecosystems that people value and aspects of landscapes that people value. So ecosystems and landscapes weren't being managed for the values that people value appreciate about them. They're being managed because they provide habitat for species. And
0: what about planning for the uncertainties? How does that fit into it?
1: Well, the uncertainties come in because biodiversity is complicated. There's lots of different species in any one ecosystem and climate change itself is complex. There's many different factors to climate change, ranging from increases in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, changes in temperature and rainfall, and then changes in fire and other disturbance events so all of these different changes will affect different species in different ways and then those species will interact with each other in in different ways affecting ecosystems and so we have a pretty good idea of the direction of some sorts of changes in some places but the actual detail of those and the rate of them and the actual outcome for particular species or the specific changes in ecosystems we don't know about and so It's not a situation where a manager can say, well, we have a given ecosystem type here now and we know in the future it's going to be a different ecosystem type and so we manage for that transition from the current to the known future ecosystem type. That won't work because we don't know exactly what the future one will be. So we'll have to be able to manage for the possibility of a range of different ecosystems or a range of different species being present.
0: Now, I understand the report has been made public. Can that be gained through CSIRO.au or is there a specific uh, website? Be
1: from the NCARF website, the National Climate Change Adaptation Research Facility website.
0: Okay, and people can download it from there and hopefully policymakers make the right choices for the future. Thank you very much for talking to me about it today, Mike. Thanks, Glenn. Dr Mike Dunlop. And to find out more about the research or to follow us on other social media, just visit www.csiro.au.